0: be upon you. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Uh, Welcome to um, Al-Qudwa's podcast, uh, Volume, the podcast where we listen to Muslims and we get ourselves to think. Um, My name is Hanisa. I'm very excited to talk to my speaker today um, and I'll let her introduce herself. Oh, I didn't tell you to to prepare. (laughs) Just go ahead. Okay. Hi everyone, um I'm Yasmin
1: uh Wong. Um I'm a Chinese convert. <clears throat> okay, um as um I'm okay this is my first time sharing. <laughs> okay, basically um I work as a nurse. Currently I'm part timing in a government hospital. So um and um previously I think uh nursing was more like a mid career shift. Mm, so I started around mid-twenties. I went back to school in poly and then got my diploma. And then after three years of working in the government hospital, and I
0: decided to kind of make a bit of change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll force you there. Because okay, <laughs> so today our topic, uh, our episode is called Eight Without Borders. Um, and that's a special reason why I'm inviting Yasmin today to speak to me. I first met her um, at a, the film festival. I think that was 2017, is it? I can't recall. Yeah, because I think it was either last year or the year before. No, Not last year, definitely. Not last year, right? yeah. the year before. Yeah, and then um, I remember uh, I had just transitioned uh, out from pharmacy. And then I was looking into... Uh, humanitarian work as a career because that's always been my, my my lifelong dream. Still is my lifelong dream, so I'm still exploring it. And then I went to the event and then they said, Oh Singaporean nurse is gonna share. And this lady walks up on stage I'm like, Oh wow <laughs> Because like generally I I don't know whether the viewers know but like Doctors Without Borders doesn't I would think doesn't have a lot of Singaporean staff or like volunteers. What do you think? Do you think that's because I don't, I don't know a lot. Like the only ones I met were you. There was a uh, two doctors, mm-hmm. and before you, I only met um Elvin, who's the Malaysian pharmacist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, then exactly. so mm-hmm. after after the film festival where they showed like um, documentaries that uh, doctors Without borders filmed by themselves, which makes it way more, way more real than movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went up to talk to Yasmin. And I said hi. Um, I don't know why I said actually. I just <laughs> <laughs> so I just started talking to you. You and were so then. enthusiastic oh. about oh I have to join. Yeah, yeah. So then after that we just yeah. met at different time points to exactly. to kind yeah. of hang out and, and share. Just grow from there. Yeah. Uh, friendship. Yeah. 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 Really so nice. um yeah. I guess today we'll go uh straight into the first topic which is I would love, love, love to hear um your stories on your humanitarian trips, at least the ones you're comfortable to share. Yeah, to mm. so people because I think that would really give um, a view into the the field that you've worked in. Yeah, a lot of people don't have access to. Mm. Okay, um, you just just now you just left off at uh after three years working in yeah. a government hospital and then you made a switch. Okay, you can go food. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: so um I left the government hospital. I wanted to um experienced something. Maybe I felt something was missing mm-hmm. while I was working in the in, in Singapore, you know. Mm-hmm. And I felt sometimes a little bit, because since I joined nursing, was, the, the reason why I joined nursing was I, I really felt that um, there's so much a nurse
0: can mm-hmm.
1: do. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I went to the ward and somehow I get a little bit lost, Sometimes by knowing what's going on, and I get a little bit this kind of, uh, yeah, um, disappointed. Some things that I saw. And and so I needed some new energy. I just felt that, okay, something is missing in me. Um, but I think nursing is definitely an area that I, I still would like to pursue. But I don't know where I should go. So when I left, I decided that I should just go for a trip. <laughs> like like just go somewhere volunteer you know just for the sake of doing something that yeah so so I just chanced upon um then I went to uh, Nepal because I went to meet a friend uh, who who was a local Nepalese and he actually set up his own school hmm. so and I always heard about it but I didn't had a chance to go and visit him so back then uh, I said okay then just make the trip down and say so hi when, to you, me. when
0: you when you're making the trip down you quit huh? At
1: that time, I, really, I
0: quit, yeah. Oh. I really quit. <laughs> so lots of free time, let's go to yeah, Nepal. Yeah, <laughs> to me, it's like, that's it.
1: What's mm. next? So, so mm. I, I decided to go to Nepal to meet this friend and spend some time at the school mm. and just, just help out in whatever ways I can. And also from there, I, I also um, further down to India. Mm. I, I also made a, another trip to India, which I just linked up with um, someone there. Uh, North India, actually. So so, the whole thing was like over six months. Mm-hmm. It was a very nice experience mm-hmm. um basically just to be very like just to be there and to um to see what other people are doing mm-hmm. it's like i'm i'm so I'm so proud of my friend and and knowing that he has he doesn't have a lot he doesn't like he's financially quite not not so well to do mm-hmm. but but he's he believes in education he believes in helping people in his community who are less fortunate to to provide their kids to school. So you can s- just just by being there and watching him it's so amazing. Yeah. And and then subsequently when I went to India, um North India in Ladakh and over there it's I, I met a monk, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I just wrote to him and said, Hey, I heard you have a hospital coming up. But it was in the he was he was building the hospital. It was not ready yet, and uh, and he is so he has this vision that he wants to build a hospital to for his people because um, people in Ladakh uh, they live in high altitude, so a lot of them have heart issues, heart problems, and due to their lifestyle and diet. So so for but for them to travel all the way down to see a heart specialist in New Delhi is like so costly. So he knew that it's he that, that that's why he decided, okay, I'm going to build a hospital there for my people. you know he's a monk, but he's so, so <laughs> inspirational and he he went out, he spoke to a lot of people, he networked, he raised money and and then and now, and now the hospital was ready. it was a beautiful place. so when I was there, I also got to meet uh the local retired doctors. There was two retired doctors basically helping him out in the hospital, so uh it was not fully functional, but they did like run like a clinic a day or two in a week. So uh, one of them is a um a gynecologist. Yeah. So she was a retired lady but she was so amazing. Was one of the in fact she was one of the most yeah, inspirational lady that I've met. Mm-hmm. When I saw the way she treat her patients, um the how how professional she is and how how much she loves what she's doing. It's just, um yeah, it's just such a big contrast. And I think back, you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this doctor is so nice. She's like a motherly female. Like a lot of patients, they just, I mean, they just come by to check on there because they are like pregnant, right? This is like just a routine check. And they will come by and they come all the way from New Delhi. You know, they fly all the way there just to see her face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they went from New Delhi up to Leda. Yeah, a lot
1: of them actually travel all the way there. Mm. to just want to see her. And let her touch. Let let her touch their belly. And Mm. and there's no invasive procedure. She just do a a belly check. Yeah, and then she just talk to them. How are you? How's everything? You know, and... Yeah, she just want to be... She just... It, it just feels so therapeutic, like like it, it's it's so therapeutic just to see this doctor, you know, and um and you will see like a whole lot of them, all long queue waiting outside the room, all all pushing in like when's my turn, when's my <laughs> turn, <laughs> and then the clinic opens like twice a week. It's, yeah, it's just it's just uh, one or twice a week and half a day. I mean, it's a full day thing, but you will see a lot of women all queuing outside, amazing. And sometimes the all the stuff were just. Wait for the clinic and wait for her to finish a consultation. Mm-hmm. Because we're all like waiting. To, we, we'll break for lunch. Mm-hmm. But we can't go for lunch if she don't stop. Right. So sometimes we're like, really? She just keep doing and doing until like so late. And then she will like, oh yeah, we're supposed to have lunch. Okay, let's just stop and <laughs> eat something. Um. And then, yeah. So, so she, yeah, she doesn't rush. She knows there has so many patients. But she just spent quality time with every individual lady. That Whoa. just yeah, that she just. That's why I'm
0: like, oh my, so it's it? like a world apart from different. Singapore. It's so different.
1: different. Yeah, you you wanna, <laughs> over here it's all about time. Mm, mm. Ten minutes, okay, time's up. <laughs> <She> mm. Next, <nakes. laughs> sometimes it, this is I mean, this is the challenge. Challenge here, yeah, right? but um, yeah, I think it's a lot with the culture, with the mindset. Mm-hmm. And for the for her, it's like, but that's what I'm here for. Mm. Yeah. As a doctor, isn't that what you are supposed to do? Exactly, <laughs> supposed to be there for the patient when patient felt that you know they have so many concerns and they have things that they want to talk to you about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, um, yeah. So, so that, that was, was six my f- months. Yeah, my personal journey that I had, and I felt I come back and I feel so rejuvenated, and I go hmm. I want to find a job that gives me this kind of feeling. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm not going to go back to to that kind of work that I know. Mm -hmm. I probably would just stuck there for a few months or one year and I will say, okay, i am quit. I'm done, you know. So then I I happened to chance upon a friend who then shared with me, how about, why not you think, how about humanitarian nursing? And actually, I never really thought of that. And so she then introduced me to this international NGO. And, um... And then I just, okay, let me just write in and
0: try and somehow I just, yeah, that's wow. how it started. So you left after three years, you mm. went away for about six months, you came yeah. back and then you chanced upon this and then...
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. so I went and, and and so they had an interview and they usually interview in different areas around Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. So I went, The time I went to KL for the interview. Mm. And after that, I came back and then shortly they told me, okay, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a success interview. It's okay. We, we will be able to send you off for a new mission. Mm. And I was like, yeah, anywhere. Just, just <laughs> anytime. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. And so my first mission was somewhere in 2011, uh-huh. 2012 coming. Mm. And that was um, in, in Zambia. Yeah, six months. Six months mission. I think humanitarian I think I think we, we have to be we have to understand what it means by humanitarian mission. Sometimes I feel that um a lot of organizations Use the word loosely.
0: Yeah. Or mm. rather
1: they they organise trips that they claim it's it's for humanitarian purpose oh my goodness i think you should
0: define it now yeah. <laughs> cuz i mean
1: uh, i hear it all the time yeah. so mm. so but sometimes i just feel like um humanitarian it's is if there's a true humanitarian it should be to to satisfy the needs of the country or the community that you are going to yeah. So there needs come first Yeah, of course <laughs> Versus our own agenda Definitely But uh, sadly, I mean, I have Personally, I have also experienced uh, Going on a few trips When I was still young Yeah <laughs> and, and and it turns out very um, It was not a nice experience I went to um, one at Batam I went one to Cambodia mm. It was short trips Basically like over a week or two Yeah and then we were we claim to be doing a lot of things for the community, mm. building shelter, building pathways, building schools, painting schools, and blah 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 blah. And when I was there, I see the reality, yeah, I really saw that sadly actually we do not add value to what we are doing, but we cause a lot of inconvenience, sadly, mm-hmm. and that was the words that the, i I gathered from the local wow,
0: yeah from the locals themselves yes like um okay this doesn't sound so you don't funny. have i guess you don't have to mention the organizations yeah, and stuff like, just I'm, it out. I'm, I'm not going to but
1: yeah. i'm just saying like like the, the last time i i went for this trip to cambodia and mm-hmm. and we were supposed to like paint the schools and do some tables and chairs for the classroom so when we were there um actually there was a um some construction, some workers who were hired as well to do. They were actually supposed to be doing the job. Mm. To to do up the school, uh-huh. but because we came in, our mission came in, and we said we need to do something. Mm. So they paused their job and they left it to let us do it. But mm. they supervise us what we are doing because we are a group of youth. <laughs> we are not professional painters. We are not carpenters. You know, so we are not good at that. So, and a lot of times we do it, but we do partial work and we left, mm. right? Because it's so short. We're just there and do whatever we can and then we just leave the job. Whether it's completed or what, and usually it's a mess, you know? And and the guy was just telling us, you know, oh my god, look at the way you guys paint the wall. <laughs> you know, how much paint you use and my stuff could have only used 5 five buckets of paint and you can use 20 buckets so the amount of money, I mean, you guys are very rich of course, I mean, we have to fund so, and he was like he has to touch up and he has to do a lot of things and clear our mess and and the tables that we fixed were like, <laughs> not very well done and he has to redo the everything and he was like, you know the local people could have done it and and in the cheap cost and everything is done Yeah, but you guys came and we have to stop, we have to let you do it Mm. So it was very sad when I heard all this, and I just felt well yeah the what, what is the purpose? you know it doesn't sound like we we are really helping the community yeah yeah and and so I told myself that this is not the kind of mission that I will want to to be in in the future, you know I want to see impact real real impact yeah so then again so 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 I would say the um the humanitarian work that i went with the the international ngo after that was um what's what i truly believe when i first joined them i truly believe that um that their work are genuine because um they do a lot of assessment before even when they go into the country they will talk to the communities they will talk to the Local authorities to find out from their healthcare services what are their labs, what are the the place that the things that they they couldn't um, um, sometimes they can provide certain services, but some they couldn't because of the limited resources so that's where we assess what are the important things that they need, and then we come back and then we would to look at what are our strength what can we do for them, and they will plan out between how how long the time frame. In order to meet there and and so this is how how the the thing kick off yeah and so when we are there our our purpose is not just to to be there and do the job for them that's one thing very important okay our role is to work closely with the local healthcare professionals we always ensure that they are there they are in the forefront Mm -hmm. and we are there to support in terms of our knowledge, our skills, in terms of our, yeah, our whatever, you know, logistic as well. So so this is where we complement one another, mm-hmm. right? And, and subsequently, we also have to look at how then do we exit the mission, which is very important for us. We have to exit one day, right? And then, so, so what value do we add on and what, what do we enhance them with to make sure that when we leave, we don't leave them with, like, you know, like, they can't continue. They have to have something. Mm-hmm. So that's where we look at a lot of uh, training their local staff. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is also a big part of what the NGO is trying to do, is to make sure that we do a lot of training, yeah. And I think, I think to me, all this, um yeah, I, I really enjoyed while I was there. Mm-hmm. And mostly it's with the time with the local staff, mm-hmm. yeah, that are the most memorable for me.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah. I I'm surprised that you know so much about the process of like going there and arranging the things because I had the impression that like uh humanitarian aid workers are specialized people they only come in at certain points, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz like you said when you went to uh your first mission they already like uh, probably already did all the assessment and yes. all the stuff and then you just came yes. in to do your work. Yes. So how is it that you you know all those processes? Um or to like I suppose, explained to you? Yeah,
1: they, were, they during your orientation, before you start your new mission, mm-hmm. they, usually they, was, they would send you through some kind of understanding about the organization, mm-hmm. how it works, mm-hmm. so that you don't just go in there and think that you're a nurse, you just do your nurse job, but you have to see the big picture. Right. Yeah, which is very important. Yeah, because every one of us an, play a very significant role. Like a a logistician is just as important as a nurse or a doctor. Yeah. Right? Yes. A doctor yes. and nurse cannot work without them. Yeah. Yeah. So because we don't know how to fix like things. <laughs> 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 when the plug and the, the, the thing doesn't work, we go like, Okay, what can we do? We are stuck, you know, we are very handicapped. The next thing mm. like we have to shop for a logistician. Yeah. So they are our most good friends mm. <laughs> in that way. Mm-hmm. So so you have to understand that we all we we are there and and all this kind of teamwork mm-hmm. in the hospital is so so important. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, I think, um, in fact, yeah, I think a lot of humanitarian missions are uh, are all very heavily a uh, logistic base as well. Mm-hmm. Like in for that local NGO that I mean the international NGO that I worked with mm-hmm. previously, I would say um, <clears throat> a a lot of a lot of funding, a lot of money. A lot of work has to be done by the the team behind the scene, yeah. Especially for the last mission that I went, it was actually not more. Like, it was it didn't felt so much like a medical mission, medical humanitarian mission. It felt more like a mm, logistical mission. Really, which one was that? The last one you went for the Ebola mission. That mm. went, yeah, it was very intensive logi- logistically intensive, more than medical. Yeah, because they had to set up the the center to to isolate the patients, they have to ensure um, very, very strict infection control, you know, and all those things. You have to have the PPE, so all these things are logistical. Yeah, and um, so it's to ensure that we are able to work in a very safe environment. And everything has to be very safe before the doctor and nurse can step in. Yeah. So their whole thing was already set up already. You know, and a lot of work has been put in already for months. Yeah. Before then da 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 then the whole thing yeah. get, you know, started, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? So so it's yeah, so so when you're there you felt like wow, this whole work is real. This is this is a lot of work being put in in yeah. a lot of money actually, really. It's true. You need a lot of funding. And um yeah, and and I think it's it's such a blessing that um the organization have a lot of supporters. I think very very um amazing um, donors out there, you know, who truly believe in that work. But it's it's like they just feel like okay, I I can't be there to serve, but I can do what I can by yeah donating some funds to the to the work. So I think that that makes a lot of difference, yeah. Yeah. now you
0: interest me in wanting to be a logistician oh, really? <laughs> with, with the with the pride and the admiration yes, you express yes, about true. them but before i go into that i want to go all the way back to when you said you first left uh and you decide to go for six months away right mm. i always think um and i think this might be a thought that a lot of singaporeans would have why does it have to be overseas you know like why does that experience have to be overseas or why does that uh, perspective shift have to overseas because like even you said um, you know the overseas Samaritan trips mm-hmm. op- quotation marks that we all do in yeah. short bursts, right people always say oh because it's overseas it's going to be better but what what's that value um, there uh, when is it valuable there and when is it valuable like right here does that make sense? I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I get your question. Actually, it is not a matter of where.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's not a matter of where. And I think it's voiced back to what is your intention? Like, why, why do you want to, what is it that you want to learn at the end of your trip? Yeah. So it can be in Singapore that you're doing something. Yeah. And for a group of community that you are serving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just adult day is, what, what exactly is it that you want to learn from this? Mm. This experience that you have? Mm. Yeah. So for me, like, um, for the overseas trip for me was to really get to witness and to see for myself. Because then in Singapore, we, we are quite enclosed, right? And yeah. we are very safe, comfortable yeah. kind of um, environment. Mm. So when you're overseas, you see the reality of how people are living Mm, in a more the other extreme part of the world right people who will be always stressed with like oh um how should i go oh oh oh, oh, how how am i going to 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 bring rice to my family today you know these are the questions they ask every day people who are like oh um uh, i don't have i don't have enough to feed my my family today you know um and, and why can I, like, oh, I don't have water today. And questions like that, That do we think about that every day? No. We don't. <laughs> so for us, it's not a question of our basic needs anymore. We are always thinking of something that, it's more of the, the other... First world f- problems. the purposeful <laughs> problem, exactly. <laughs> but for them, it's the reality. It's about feeding their stomach, about uh, just survival needs, the basic needs in life. Yeah. So you see them struggle the real struggles and um, you, you start to and when you start to witness all this yeah you it will make you start to understand that what we have mm-hmm. what we have in us and how should we look upon ourselves mm-hmm. yeah like when I come back I always felt very like, so blessed, you know what I mean? Like, and I come back, look around, oh, I want to eat something. I just walk out from my house, there's 7-Eleven, there's food con, there's supermarket, everywhere. You don't need to think much about it. Just think of what you want. Nah. Like, yeah, yeah, I, today, you yeah. want to eat what? Nah? Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Store to go, you know? It's not about where to find food, right? So, and and you are very lucky. You just feel like, oh, I'm so blessed to be born where I'm born. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm, I deserve it, but it's just that, I'm just born here, right? Yeah. And how is it like if I'm there? Mm-hmm. It'll be different, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it makes you start questioning about all this, and and also then you look upon the fact that you are given so much, and how much are you? giving yeah. that
0: exactly so you have to ask yourself these questions so you're uh, uniting all the, yeah. the love and the, <laughs> the dreams that I've had over and over again I'm trying to like, face myself there
1: yeah. yeah I mean these are questions that um, especially if your role and the job that you are doing it's it's um, it's like a nurse or a doctor you, like, you just feel like oh then then isn't it there's something more you should do yeah hmm Mm. So these are the questions that went that I went through, a certain junction of my life, and it just make me start thinking, and that's why I think I. That's how I actually make that move to Yeah,
0: to experience that. Yeah. Okay. In the spirit of not making our podcast too long, <laughs> um, I I would like to just uh hear one one mm. story while you are on the field that you feel, um is. I don't know. the you would choose to tell now, or you'll be so it would be so that has stuck in your head for so long. If anyone asks you mm. about the trips,
1: I think I think I just want to highlight a point about humanitarian work. Is that I think our mindset when we go is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we should not have that thought, thinking that these people can't do anything for themselves. Mm-hmm. They are the so called helpless helpless people. so there, mm. and you are there to save them. Mm. You shouldn't have that mindset and so that when you go in there, you will see that you're on par with them, even whatever you do, or even though if they might come to you and and show their vulnerability, mm. but you you will not you will not treat them as if like yeah, yeah, I I have more and I can, I'm better in that sense. Yeah, you treat them equal, and you will see that they they have they they will start to have the, they will see their own, strength and their own pride in what they are doing as well. I think this is what we should go in with that kind of attitude and 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 kind of a, mm yeah mindset so that and and when you are helping them, also called helping, yeah then you, you start to see that there's so much they can do for themselves. Yeah. There's so much. And you will see that actually you are not doing much. Yeah. <laughs> you start realizing, oh okay, like okay, what what exactly am I doing here? Like 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 in the the yeah, the work that you are doing actually it's it's not such a great thing. It's just that but being there with them by being there with them makes them feel that you and them we are very we are very similar in any, in every way. You know, like, we just feel that this is... We are all so close. As much as I belong to that part of the little island far away, and they don't even know where Singapore is. <laughs> of course. But but when I'm there, they, I want them to feel that I'm, like, part of them. That is what I want them to feel. I don't want them to see me as the Singaporean nurse from there, <laughs> you know, coming here to teach us or to tell something. No. I always tell them when I'm here... I'm like one of you guys. Don't treat me special, you know, or I'm here. Whatever you know, I know. Whatever you don't know, I also might not know. Yeah. So I might be able to do something but then um we can all work together and I think that is the best way. Yeah. And, and we share knowledge and we help one another. Yeah. And so they treat you as as equal, you know, like, they know, they know that you are doing your best. And at lot of times, they are very appreciative. I think that is something which is, for me, is my takeaway. Like, a lot of the local staff, especially, um, the relationship that you build up with them is amazing. It's
0: something that I always remember. Mm. Yeah. yeah. When, I, I love what you said about being, um, seeing them as on par and as equals. Although I'm trying to understand like what kind of behavior that comes out in because I think all of us uh, might go into it not really understand what it means to see people as equals, you know, because we already are going in with a, oh, I'm going to help them kind of mm. mindset. Mm. So what would you say are behaviors that show that, or actions that show that we are treating them as equals versus actions that say we are not doing the humanitarian in the best way la? mm. Mm-hmm. What What are actions that you can think of from your experience that shows that?
1: I would say it's it's just to be blend in with them in their lives in their life. Mm, understanding where they are coming from sometimes, and um, knowing that a lot of things um, probably is their struggles, and um. And, but some of their problems. You can't solve for them. You get where I'm coming from. Mm. Like for us as an expert, um, we, we are... Uh, our role basically It's to supervise. And because a lot of times we don't speak the local language, so we don't deal with the patients directly as much. But we are there. And uh, it's just that um, they are the ones who are dealing with the care mostly. Mm. But we are just more of a supervising and managing the staff so our our challenge is not so much of um it's mainly human it's like dealing with people, yeah, it's trying to help them and and understanding their struggles and their situations so for example, like um one of the missions that I had was in South sudan um nine months over there it's it's quite a quite an experience like a pregnancy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of agony, <laughs> struggle, internal struggle with in me sometimes mm-hmm. dealing with, um, because in South Sudan, um, majority of the staff that you dealt with are male, they are men, and because of uh, the education, so a lot of women they don't study English, so that's where the difficulty is. Because when you you have to hire staff who can at least communicate with you, right? So and so. Like, when I was working there, I I was, like, supervising a group of 20, 25 men. And this, are big guy. (laughs) Big African men. (laughs) No, no, not big, big as in huge in size. But then? But in terms of their status in the society, in their country, it's very male-dominant. And the way... And they... And, yeah, they are very dominant. For a woman a woman from a foreign land yeah. coming in and trying to act like a supervisor it's quite um, <laughs> it's quite challenging and I'm, and I'm like a young girl you yeah, know more small definitely. and I don't talk so the way I talk and so I just feel that like sometimes um, it's not easy it's not easy like they will come to me and they will tell me things like uh, I can't work today I was like okay I was like oh but why you know uh because I I have problem at home, mm. I can't come, mm. or they just go missing for a few days, and then when they come back, they'll tell you that, oh, things like that. Mm. And then you have to address the problem that they are the problem, the problem yeah. that they are <laughs> dealing with. Mm. And then and they will tell you, oh, because I lost my cow, my cow go missing, I have to go and look for my account. because over there, this is like their culture. You have to understand that. Um. Most of them are, they. Their herders, they herders, they, they keep cows, and cows in their society are highly regarded. And in fact, sometimes I just wonder, they they seem to value the life of the cow more than the life of human beings. Because um, sadly, I mean, that's my own personal opinion, is that a lot of times they are, they, they fight among the, the, the clans, the groups. And it's all because of cows. It's because like this like last year's this during the season this tribe came and, and took attacked them accounts. and took their accounts. Mm. And so then the next season they'll go back there and kill the people because they want to get back their cow. So mm. it's all about killing each other for the property. But which the cow to them it's like to us is like our property, right? Our gold, our house, our you know, it's so much of value. So they they value that so high versus the people. You know what I mean? And that's what I couldn't understand when I first came and I heard about all this. I was like, "This world is so strange. These people out here are so strange. You know, why are they doing that? I mean, they are killing people for what?" And that just I was I was I couldn't I couldn't reconcile really that for quite a bit of time <laughs> actually. And uh, yeah, and it's and there was one time there was some fighting going on or. I can't remember exactly, but then we have casualty coming in, yeah. And there was a young boy who was being shot. I think by the shot at the leg or something. He was he was he was not too bad, but he was brought in. And then while we are nursing him, and then we ask him, "Do you know who shoot you?" And he was like, "Yeah, I know him. I know him." And I was like, "Okay." But he was just a casualty. He was just a victim, okay? He was just happened to be there, in the wrong place at the wrong time, okay? And he was being shot. And then he said, yeah, I know him. I said, okay. And then we are like, okay, so, so now that you are well, we treated you, what are you going to do when you go back?" Then he said, I'm going to shoot him back! I was just looking at my staff and both of us were like, okay, oh, this is what is happening, right? In, right? in this place, it's like, you shoot me, I shoot you, and then it's just going on and back and, and at one point I was like, oh, hmm, is that wow. what we are doing? <laughs> <Is that laughs> Resolving why, so that, why we are here for? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So these are just, this are just um, I would say they are struggles, you know, this is the reality of what they are facing in their life, you know, yeah. And um, and it's tough. It's tough living that kind of life. Yeah, when you have dry season, you have no water, you have no food. People just starve for months. Literally starved. Yeah, and, and in an area where safety is such a big concern, always. Worry about your cow. <laughs> and they have to move around. It's so, it's so tough. It's so tough yeah and and our presence is is very significant too like our our healthcare we actually had this hospital that's just run by our organization, just right smack in the middle of nowhere, yeah in the village yeah and and all and all of stuff here we we survive actually our food most of our food are being flown in because we can't be tapping on the local because they really have not enough right. So we have to we have to bring in our food like every 2 or 3 months we have a flight our own flight actually amazing so our flight will come and they will drop food for us mm-hmm. <laughs> like whatever veggie fresh fresh vegetables fruit sometimes and meat and stuff and eggs mm. in but provided the weather is conducive we to land because oh. there are sometimes it's raining season mm-hmm. and then the flight can't land and then it's 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 horror It's horror for the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> then we survive in a lot of canned food. Those during those season, we we have like stuck out our 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 kitchen with a lot of a lot of canned foods, as if you walk in the supermarket, <laughs> the shelves choose <laughs> this like whole roll of sardines <laughs> and cans and beans and stuff. So this this is how we survive as well. So it's this is the reality of the mission, but by being there, it's so important because. A lot of times they can't go anywhere. If they're sick, they literally have no place to go. Mm. So by having our facilities there, we are really trying our best to 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 serve the community. Mm. Yeah.
0: Mm. Okay. So, the, the this Sudan trip. What's the context of the place? Cause like I know you said another one's Ebola, another one was this one. It was it
1: was basically just to to support the their basic health care needs. I would say because um, in a lot of very remote part of South Sudan, um, basically it's just so far out and, and, and so remote that their Ministry of Health, they don't have facilities to go all the way there, you know what I mean? Yeah. They are also very limited in their ability their resources and their fundings. Mm-hmm. So that's where we, we cover the gaps by saying, okay, we look at, oh, right here in this part of South Sudan there's really no facilities like in a ten kilometer or twenty kilometer radius. So then that's where we say, okay, I think that the need is there. So that's where the organization decided, okay, we'll plant ourselves there. We we'll set up a hospital. Yeah. So we have like inpatient, outpatient, we treat patients with yeah, all kinds of medical reasons. Yeah. And then there's another facility so much further away, it was also our facilities where then we have more intensive procedure like operating data, delivery, yeah, so stuff like that. So, so in, in South Sudan, um, the needs are, yeah, quite great, I would say.
0: So then, like, when you are, because you mentioned uh, thinking about how to exit is also as important. Yes. So ideally, after you've set up that uh, and you've worked with the staff, we are able to leave with them be able to run the place by themselves now. Is that how it is?
1: I would say um, we are I think the best we could do at that point in time to understand was um to bring up the skills of the local. Try and try and uh, share the knowledge with them. And um but other than that, in terms of funding and the the logistical aspect I think that's also quite challenging for them. Yeah. To, to run to run an hospital on their own yeah I think that's why um the organization has been there for very 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 long. The plan was to have a specific time frame, but I think they exceeded they went they keep they keep staying on because there's no way the local government are able to to hand o- to take over the whole thing, yeah, yeah, because of the political issue and stuff like that so so that was this some some missions somehow or other did not go the way that we we planned it to be, so we have to keep going and keep doing it, yeah and.
0: But then for you, like, because you mentioned there was six, nine months, and then place was six months, is a specified amount of time for you. La. So after you finish the nine months, regardless of where the stage of the situation is, yes. you leave, is
1: it? Yes, and then a new staff will come by. Mm. So it's always like a rotation. So we have yep. new staff coming by mm. to take the role. And that is why I think um, for this organisation, they, they they want us to stay long. It's not like just a couple of weeks or months. But for this kind of mission, you need a staff who can commit for a longer time frame. Because then, the longer you are there, it's also good for the locals. Because then, they don't always have a new I face, change, change a and new kind of, another new person coming to boss me around. You know? <laughs> so, it's actually not good for them. So, it's, and, and, and also for us, it's to see the impact of what we have done. Yeah, yeah At least for nine months, you can really see your work. <laughs> You get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you can make some changes to things that if you think, yeah, this one should be improved or there's something that I can, yeah, uh, advise and to do something different, at least you can see the the results of what you have done and you get where where I'm coming from. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, rather than you just, you just go in and say, okay, let's do something and then then you have to leave and you don't know how, how how's the how continuation. It, it worked out. Yeah. So so it's good to be there long enough to build the relationship and trust with your staff as well. So it's all about relationship, right? Yeah.
0: So, so you have to spend time. Mm. Yeah. So valuable. In fact like um, that six months, nine months thing. I think when I first started talking to humanitarians working okay, on like the first person, Elvin, right? Mm-hmm. He was telling me you have to be prepared yes. to be away from everything in life <laughs> 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 because that mission just takes very long and it's it's a significant um Time la, definitely. Because I mean, if we are working here in Singapore, you have work life balance relatively, right? I mean, depends on what your lo- work life balance is la. But you can always see your family, you can always. Exactly. Um, and then Elvin was saying, I remember he said he had to miss birthdays and, and weddings of friends. And when he came back, he's like, oh, they're all in a different world. Yeah. So I think this leads me to the next question, which is then how do you. I mean, I think my rough question was how do you reconcile that with where you are living? As in, back when you come home and stuff, right? But I think we can also start with... I always ask you this question. We can always start with, what do your parents think? (laughs) And what do your family think? Because, like, I don't know about others. I would think so for others. But for me, my family is very... uh, They just have a lot to say about where you work (laughs) and what you do, blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't hate it, you know, but I... I'm very, very sure of my, mm. my goals and my dreams. Yes. I just want to get there and I want it, I want it exactly. to reach a point where eventually they're exactly. okay with it. Yeah. So what was that journey for you? I remember you said you went overseas without telling them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> How was that? So, that's the easiest way for me. <laughs> but it's oh, for man. me. I'm just that it's my situation. Right, right. But um, I would definitely think that um, as parents... They want to know what you're doing.
0: Yeah, oh my gosh. This is such deja vu because my parents just said this to me like two days ago. They just want to know
1: like exactly how's our life like, you know, they want to know. They are concerned. This is just out of their love and concern. So every time when people ask me about this, I'll just tell them, just be frank with them. You know, tell them, why you want to go on this mission? What is it about this mission? I mean, don't feed them too much, la And then you feed them out, you know so you feed them accordingly, you know, mm-hmm. to the what you think it's important for them to know, so that they understand why is it that for you to go is so important, you know, like they see, they hear you, like how how much this this big there doing this matters to you. How much you love to do that, so I think when they understand that mm-hmm. they will they will they will let you go oh, <laughs> I just thought that a dream. <laughs> they, they will let you go because they know that you go you'll come back it 's just an experience that you need at your because and it 's so important for you. In, at that point of your life You know what I mean It's not that I'm going there And that's it You know I'm abandoning the whole family <laughs> I'm sick of this life Here in Singapore no, <laughs> no. no It's no, not no. that. You see yeah. yeah So so It's it's like For me it's the same thing When I go I know That I have a time frame Of only 9 months 9 months And I tell myself What impact am I supposed to do Right So when I went there At the start at the end I always tell myself So 9 months I set these goals After 9 months I have to check back. Have I achieved what I did? Am I there? You know? Sometimes these are these are the things that I think um we we have to be very clear. We have to be clear. We are not there forever. Right? Yeah. So when we went in, it's the same thing. When I go in there, yeah, it's a lot of adjustment, a lot of inconvenient a lot of new things to learn by time I say hello but it's only 9 months lah. Mm. like this is even if you think that you're going to eat this type of food I'm like <laughs> oh I miss my mom cooking yes <laughs> but come on 9 months later when you're there you appreciate your mom more you know so when you're here enjoy and and and, and learn those moments be there for the people like when you go back home you'll be present with those people that you are there with this is what I truly um trying to, you know, get out of the whole experience is that you know, this is not permanent as well. That this is I'm given this this um opportunity, I'm given this responsibility, I'm given this role, you know, this is such a unique and 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 um and I would say uh, such a big responsibility to go all the way there mm-hmm. and people are paying you to do it. You know, and so when I'm there, I tell myself then, make sure that I, 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 I work to that expectation. I, I, I move up to that. I fulfill my responsibility. I do whatever I can, and and do the best to my ability, right? And um. And leave a good at least leave some nice good impressions. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And nothing great that you'll do, but at least don't do anything harm. Don't don't make mistakes or don't don't yeah, don't leave bad things behind. And then go back and then leave them. It's okay. And go back to your world. Yeah. And then when the opportunity comes again, then 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 if it's a good time, good place, just take it up. You know, no need to think so much. Sometimes it's given to you for a reason. Yeah. And um, so sometimes we, we tend to we tend to think overthink too much, you know, sometimes like, oh what if I can't well, is it going to be tough, is it gonna be difficult, is it what about the food, the lodging, when I get to shower? <laughs> well, like, sometimes we think too much <laughs> into all this, you know, our own our own um uh, well being. Yeah, well being. But actually when you are there, when you are working, you are so focused with what you are doing. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Your time passed. Yeah. You won't be thinking about your mom and you, all these friends, <laughs> you don't, seriously, your world is like you switch, you will totally switch over and you are there, Yeah, you're just so engrossed in what you're doing every day, it's, it's quite tiring, yeah, seriously, but you know that this thing is going to end anyway,
0: yeah.
1: 3 months, 6 months, 9 months, 10 flies, and you see, you know, oh, I'm going home, oh my, Right, But so much. Have I, have I done it yet? i do not know. Oh, oh, I'm not finished yet. All no? like, you see that there's so much that you could have done, but time time is short, right? Mm. Yeah. Sounds like
0: so, life. Yeah,
1: that's life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm. So I, I would say, I haven't answered your question yeah, about how to my mom. I mean, I
0: mean, uh, although I, I did get some insights <laughs> from you. I think like hearing what you said about how they just want to know what's going on in your life. Uh, it is making me reflect about how I think where I am right now. I don't really share everything about what I do, but that's also because I feel like um I can hear my parents' judgments. So they have certain a certain worldview, a certain idea of what's right and what's not right. So if it was up to me, I would share happily what I'm excited about every day, what the communities I serve every day, and where I'm going with that. Um, and I think I've learned not to care about what. People say about me As in, When I say people I mean like public Or whatever But it is a whole Different level If it's your parents I don't know For me It has a whole Different level And I think I'm still learning uh, I, I want to be You know Honest and forthcoming And eventually uh, Let them see Why it's so important To me But then That That um, That objection And that dislike That comes from The very people Who brought me up I is so daunting yeah I, I don't know when I'll be able to eventually do that oh should I just like ignore that and just keep sharing it? I don't know <laughs> <laughs> you can try and then you come yeah. back and see what's, be, a, such what's a the
1: dilemma. kind of... Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I think they would be so You just have to be mentally prepared. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you want to try, you can. Mm. <laughs> but just be mentally prepared.
0: Yeah. How, how did you... like? I, I mean, I think, did, did understanding come very early for your parents or was it like much later when you
1: I, were... I think in the first place, my parents... Always, mm, I think I give them an impression that I'm someone who, mm, I I I show them that I'm someone who knows how to take care of myself. Mm.
0: Yeah, I show them that I'm someone who have a mind of my own. Okay, how do you show that? Because I'm pretty it's, sure I've been showing it all my just, life, <laughs> but they just don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> this still regard you, as
1: like, Yeah, of oh the first daughter. Only, I
0: mean, okay. oh, oh, my goodness! I don't know. So how how do you so show they, that? I don't
1: know. I I. I just do it. Like, I just did the first few times and then subsequently, I think they get so tired of... (laughs) And I just make sure that whatever I do, I come back, I share with them, I make sure that I'm okay, I tell them things about, like, reassuring them. At the end of the day, what I saw and what I did over there, it's so impactful and so meaningful. Yeah, and I share good stories. I, I share sad things that I see, the reality of how life is tough over there. And although like know how bad and how 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 difficult the situation is in in Africa. I mean, I don't tell them exactly where I is. <laughs> really, they don't demand yeah, they don't really know exactly. No, they don't really know. my parents they don't really know. So when I come back and just say, um, you know, Africa, you know, <laughs> the place. And they'll just imagine those people with like bones and, um, and no food. And that's their, their definition, right? Yeah, so they're like, yeah. Yeah, putin, putin, always no food. I'm like, no lah, they're not like that. Yeah. Then I'll tell them the, the other side of the people, you know. I'll share them stories about their life. And and it's it's just it's just letting them understand how, how how Important it is for us to be there sometimes to know to see, you know, what life is like and not just to sit here and just watch the news and think that their people are just so pathetic. And well, I say it's not true, it's not true. Sometimes we 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 tend to we, we we don't know, we need to see, we need to understand better. So you share with them after you come back, yes, huh? but then yeah. before that. Before that, I don't hear anything. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I have nothing to say. Oh I would God. just um, actually, first mission, I think I didn't really tell them. I just told them that I'm going away for some work.
0: Oh. Yeah. And they are like, oh, okay. Okay. Really? Yeah. And, then, oh, and they ask actually like, oh, why are you working? Where uh, are you, uh? I thought <laughs> that I'm going to Hong Kong. I thought that like I'm going
1: somewhere in, you know, in uh, Holland. Oh and my then, gosh. I, I just mentioned places like that. But I did go uh-huh. for a short training. Right, right, right. <laughs> or like Makes usually, sense, right? Yeah, usually before we go to the mission, mm. uh, we have to go to the country that is... um running the mission. yeah. So usually, let's say the South Sudan mission is run by Holland um, site, then the Holland, uh, the, 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 the office will need to see me first yeah. to orientate me about the mission. Mm-mm. And after that, then I will fly into the mission place. Mm. So that's how things start. So so I just tell them, okay, I'm going to very comfortable place, a <laughs> so very good place. And then, Then that's it, the story (laughs) is. Oh my god, actually, I spent more time somewhere else, (gasps) and it was amazing.
0: I just shared them, but then, like, you can't contact them when you're there. Can you? I usually,
1: they will allow you to, um, to have like when you first arrive, you Mm. can get a phone call home, yeah, just to report back, and then subsequently, if you need to, then uh, you can. Um, some missions they have internet. Yeah. So every day you can just talk to your loved ones. Mm. Skype. Mm. So we have staff who Skype every night. You know, after work, everybody's just skyping. Skyping. <laughs> okay, so it's fine. Yeah, mm. It's not like you are totally lost. In, but some missions are a little bit more challenging.
0: Yeah.
1: Like in South Sudan, sometimes there is network but it's not guaranteed that it's there every day. Mm. <laughs> mm. There's no power then it's too bad. You know what I mean, right? Mm. Yeah. So, so these are things that but yeah, it's fine. It's not like you are Totally, like cut off, cut off yeah. from the world. You know, it's not mm. true. It's not true. So I do t- keep in touch usually with my sister because mm. my sis knows everything about oh. about me. She's the only one. Because you sh- you have to have someone back home. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Chi- in terms of like emergency, uh, mm. you know, contact person, right? Yes, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> so my sis is always the one. So I I, I can her. already preem who's the sibling that I would tell, <laughs> and the rest I would just. <laughs> So she's the one who always you know,
1: she knows what to say. Mm. And usually my parents will ask her and then she then she'll just tell them, Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> she's enjoying herself. <laughs> she's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She called me. You no, know? my sister's the one who do the job, like the difficult part, I throw it to her, lah. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I enjoy my mission. Mm. And then when I come back that's right. yeah. It's, it's 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 not that maybe for my parents they are they are really understanding. Mm. Yeah. To the extent. So nice. They are not like, Yeah, why go! <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but they, they respect that this is what I
0: want to do. Oh. And they let me. Because they know they cannot stop oh, me. Mm. Sounds so good. So, <laughs> some of the things that you also mentioned when we met uh, a few times you were you telling me uh, you have to be prepared about financial situations and stuff like that. Uh, I think for me, my... Uh, that's always my parents' voice at the back of my head, you know, Where's mm. your CPF? Where's your ordinate? Where are you gonna buy a house? How are you gonna get <laughs> married? Blah 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 <laughs> like I, I don't know. I d I don't know whether because 'cause I'm an extreme optimist. Of course I'm quite realistic too. I yeah. hold my <laughs> realistic self. But then like I I with the goal in mind and my values and the purpose that I wanna serve, I feel like everything else is not something you have to be stressed about, you know? But then, like, how how do you do that? Like, I'm 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 sure the MSF doesn't pay that much, does it? And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't have to give like exact figures. Okay. You can say like roughly. And I know you also mentioned MSF is a bit different from other humanitarian organizations mm. and mm. stuff, right? So, um, I guess to to the best of your comfort, mm. uh, if you could share financial considerations. I think yeah, that's a very valid uh, concern yeah. for a lot of Singaporeans. <laughs> of course, because <laughs>
1: the fact that uh, a lot of us probably had a full time job yeah back home, mm. and so, and to quit that job is like wow. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> and and then when you come back from mission, you have to like get ready to start all over again, and I think that that is the mindset that um we have to prepare ourselves for. Mm. So the resilience. Expect that you, you need to be able to say it's okay. Um I will I will manage. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. But um during the time when you're on mission, it's actually not too bad. Because uh for you're
0: provided for you
1: are you are covered with everything. You don't need to you don't need to out a single cent. Uh unless you're going on your R and R. Because we have R and R. Oh. Yeah. Like, especially in South Sudan, nine months mission is very stressful. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, in between, you actually had, like, two breaks, I think. Two breaks. That they make sure that you go. You just go somewhere for a week or something. Yeah, so, and what I did was I really took that, wow, since I'm in Africa, you know, I need to enjoy my break. <laughs> so I, I, but then, during the R&R, it's out of your own pocket money. So whatever you have worked for three months, you get some kind of allowance mm-hmm. that they they put it into your bank. Mm-hmm. And then so during the holiday, I'll just draw out the thing and I'll just spend it. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, so usually at the end of the mission, when you come back home, you probably have a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't spend, right? Yeah, yeah and then... You will survive on that for a while while <laughs> you're trying
0: to see what's next, right? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, that's how, that's how it is.
0: So you don't do like financial planning, like, oh, 10 years down the road, I have this uh. amount and so. Because like, that's, that's what I'm doing, I guess, kind of right now. I know. Um,
1: mm, I have friends who always remind me that as well. Yeah. I have friends who tell me, are you know, how long can you do this? Mm. What about retirement plans? Oh my gosh. Okay, you, don't, you don't really such think much about yourself. Boi- but what about questions? your parents? You know, they're going to oh. get old. Oh. And then I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, this, yes, it's true. But I, I, I somehow have this very, is, maybe similar as you, you know. I have this very positive way of looking at it. Is that when the time comes, Things will flow and things will end. Whatever it turns out to be, I will just accept it. Yeah. I will deal with it. Yes. I I really don't know what will happen tomorrow. Yeah. And um, I can plan a lot of things, right? I definitely can save a lot of money by staying on a 9 to 5 solid good paid job, you know? I look at the money every at the end of the month and I'm like, yay! <laughs> So happy, you know? <laughs> wow, so many zeros. I mean, but <laughs> then there's a but, right? Yeah. yeah, You never know what happens tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you, I don't want to see that as being selfish. Some people think that you're very selfish. You only think about your own.
0: Wow, which annoying person has said this to okay, you? Okay, but there
1: are people. There are <laughs> voices. Okay,
0: there are voices behind my head sometimes. Like, oh hey, You does. know, you always go
1: for your whatever that, you know, dreams and whatever. But what about, about our family back then, you know, if they need you, da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, but maybe at this point of time, my situation allows me lah. You know, my parents are still, alhamdulillah, they are working, they are able, they don't need me to be there to, you know, financially supporting them that much. Um, so I I take that this this is the blessing that I have, and I can go and do this to serve other people, yeah. other people who might need my it family, are, but yeah, further, definitely. You know? To me, these are also family, yes. right? So I can able to do that. Yeah, why not? They yeah. can do it. Then when the time comes that I need to serve my own immediate family, I can be there. I will be there. Yeah. So that's how I look upon it. Mm. To me, it's I'll try my best. Okay. Mm. And um, other than that. I don't, I leave it to Allah. Seriously, <laughs> <It's laughs> really, back then I don't have Allah. I mean, yeah. back then I'm still not. Comforted. I mean, you had, but you
0: know, you yeah, just. It's didn't, in me. Yeah. It's always
1: in me with that mindset that someone, someone, someone bigger yeah. out there will deal with it. Mm. Okay, Yasmin, you don't need to care. <laughs> okay, when the time comes. Oh, your, your Iman was, yeah, <laughs> was there already. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but interestingly, yeah, now mm. that I think back, you know, I think he was there always watching over me. Yeah, I didn't. I just don't understand that, like, like I was, I was given this opportunity to go, you know, to, to serve, to to do all this mission. I just felt that it was there must be a reason, yeah, and and I'm very grateful for that. People, some people say, ah, you are like. Trying to be a hero, is it? No. Trying to sacrifice your life? I'm like, what? No. I'm not sacrificing anything. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> I'm not going there and like, what? Just just die and then just come back and be a hero? I mean, no. I don't even think I'm going to die. I never crossed my mind. It has never ever crossed my mind that I will go there and I'll not come back. Never. I don't think that's what he sent me there for. I always <laughs> <laughs> tell myself it's not to die there. Mm. Yeah, it's to do something and come back. Yeah. And do something more when I'm back here. That's what
0: I felt. Wonderful transition. Now because <laughs> you <guys laughs> were saying come back and do more. Exactly. Right. Uh yeah. um, I, I love what you've shared with me recently about like what what you got into when you're here and stuff like that. So I don't know how do you wanna introduce it into this <laughs>
1: I think I think it's like um, yeah like you you question about the humanitarian spirit the mm. fact that you're not out there anymore on the field yeah I think but the thing is it, when you have that spirit in you right it's always there yeah it doesn't have to be out in the field it's where you are so you can be here doing this and the spirit's still alive it's in you in whatever that you do in in whatever people that you're dealing with, you can do more for them, mm. yeah. And you will want to. Naturally, it comes out in you, wanting to serve, mm. yeah, for the purpose.
0: For so the- how how do you get into into where you are serving right now back home?
1: Um, I would say it's like um, currently, like the work that I'm dealing with. Um, I'm working in a department can share.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can share. I mean, share yeah. whatever you want. What you so, don't want,
1: you don't have to share. <laughs> so basically, this is a pool of patients who have, um, who are diagnosed with um, HIV. Mm-hmm. So, and, and in Singapore, I would say, um, yeah, it's still a very big taboo to, for people to talk about this topic mm-hmm. openly. Mm-hmm. So for someone who's diagnosed with HIV, mm-hmm. he or she is suffering. Not with the illness, you know. With the stigma. Yes, exactly. Because nowadays with the technology and the medication and everything, it's so advanced that people don't die from it. People just live on like with a chronic disease. It's just like diabetes. Just pop the pill. That's all. All you need is just pop the pill and then you just go on with your life. As normal, you can work, you you can do anything. Nothing stops you. Nothing. But that stigma is the one that is dragging them down. So many issues. So complex. Yeah. That is that is something that I just can't I don't know how. How how, how that to break way? that, that, that wall, that discrimination wall, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. You started in you said clinics, uh, what anonymous clinics, right? Before you, oh, yes, yes. you went into the hospital department. Exactly.
1: Are you still in the anonymous clinics? Oh, that one it was um previously way before I I, I volunteered with volunteered this local NGO, where they provide anonymous HIV testing. Mm. Are you? are you allowed to say the NGO? No. Yeah, yeah. It's I think most people will know that it's called uh, Action for AIDS. Action for AIDS. AFA. Yeah. yeah, So Logan Jew has been around for very long And they advocate about HIV work And HIV and people living with HIV in Singapore So um, when I came back from my mission My, my mission in Africa Because I deal with a lot of HIV patients back then in Africa So that, I think that was it, it is the triggering point Because in Africa I remember one staff ever asked me How was it like, huh? for the people in Singapore. Singapore you bling, bling. Yeah, I was like, uh, <laughs> oh, good question. <laughs> oh and I I will go back home and find out and yeah. come back. Oh, no no not I didn't <laughs> go back and answer him. But that's where I, that's where I decided that when I come back home I want to find out. And so I volunteered with AFA and subsequently they offered me a job mm. and I joined them as a full time staff. Really? Yeah. That's how I kick off. Oh in this know that. HIV work. Mm. So I worked for with them for six months before I went for the mission in, before I quit to go for another mission. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that that but that was my work. Six months in the local NGO okay. with AFA. Mm. And then um and then recently it was that I decided that yeah I'm still very passionate in this area of work. So and I wanted to serve and I to continue with uh, more pertaining to patient care because my, my, my background is nursing. Yeah. And in AFA, I'm doing more of outreach and just talking about education. And that, that's very important as well, yeah. uh, but not so much of clinical aspect because mm. my nursing part is not there. Yeah. So when I came back, I said, okay, I want to go back to the hospital. Mm. That's where now I managed to find a, a local restructure hospital where I can work, well, work in outpatient, dealing with patient care. Mm. Yeah. So, so, same thing, you see the reality of how challenging it is for our people. Yeah. A lot of them nowadays are diagnosed at a very young age. Very, very young age. And we see a pool of people coming in. We are very, very late, very old. We have two extremes. <laughs> very young and very, very, very old. Very
0: young is what age? Very old is what age? It can be as young as um, 19,
1: 20, 21. Yeah.
0: Then the
1: old ones are like what fifties? Yeah, fifties. They are like fifties,
0: sixties. Wow, they what are the middle people? Like, doing? <laughs> and I mean, these two are,
1: are the very, very um challenging group. I call it mm. because the young ones, number one, they are either schooling or they are just starting to go into the work industry, mm. so they have a lot of concern yeah. about oh I am diagnosed now. What about my job? Will I lose my job? You know, how am I supposed to survive? Oh my God. And and, and, and some of them are like in schools, you know? They they, 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 they they are like struggling with, oh, should I tell my parents? Should I tell my family? You know, they need that support, right? They have no support, basically. So a lot of them are living, living with that diagnosis on their own. They're dealing with it on their own, which is a very sad thing to see. Yeah, a lot of that. And then the elderly ones are like, Oh my god, they are so old. They have a lot of other chronic disease to struggle with, uh,
0: and I can just imagine the pharmacy list. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen, oh, my god. oh my god, just always a you horror. That, yeah, I mean, yeah. like the whole list, you know, like the, every elderly prescription. That, you have this
1: HIV drug, and then a lot oh, of that, there's so many complications. BDIs, with, uh, then we have to talk about all oh, these drugs. Side oh. effects. You know, oh my god, you can't take this drug. Okay, yeah. let's change this drug. Then you have to a lot of things, you know. So you have to work very close with them, and then some of them will be struggling with taking. The medication, they will forget to take medication, and so they are like, yeah, no need to eat lah." No, 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 <laughs> auntie! Like, oh, no, uncle I cannot, auntie <laughs> <uncle>. cannot, <laughs> and so this is the part. It's like, oh, you know, they need someone to supervise them, and like, yeah. who's that someone? then they think, oh, can we reveal? Like, then again, it's about do they share their families, and then the support, the support system is so critical, it's so important, yeah. It's, it's very sad it's very sad sometimes to have to deal with such complex um you know cases
0: yeah well, I, I'm I'm pretty sure we have some idea but where do you think that stigma comes from like for, for the older and young is it because like the uh, the impression that if you have HIV you're sexually loose in yeah a sense? exactly Ooh. I think this
1: is in way back in our in our in our culture in the context in Asian when we we have this type of um Still, our mindset. Yeah, I that mean, this, it's not this is a disease that it's it's only for those people who are, mm, loose. condemned to do. Yeah, uh, you know those probably they are. I mean,
0: technically, that's not true. You could have sex with one person, person HIV, oh, then you're dead. You know, cause it's yeah. just that one person. Yeah,
1: you yeah. can exactly. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to sleep around with <laughs> yeah. many to get HIV. You just yeah, need yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So of course, um. It's so complex, right? I mean, I don't. Know they, especially if you are married, and then, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you that's know, another other uh, thing. people will say, "Oh, but yeah, that's what happened." Mm,
0: you also mentioned, I think you said something about how the younger ones they come in like really clueless because, like, I think you said something about the sex at being very, uh, lackluster in Singapore. Like, they just don't know how to protect themselves yeah. or what actually happens yes. and stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think because um, at the age where they are trying to understand and explore uh, like explore around a little yep. bit about relationship and with the opposite sex and stuff like that. So I think a lot of them, they do not have a proper um, understanding or learning yeah. from the, the right source.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right?
1: If you hear from the adults who are able to explain things to you and encourage you or educate you a little bit more in depth, about loving yourself, about your body, about resp- about cherishing what you have, you know. And watching out for <laughs> some of these things. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes they are not aware. Yeah. They thought that, hey, but I'm just being, I'm just showing my love, you know. This is about trust. You know, this is about you know, showing that, uh, yeah, that I truly love the man or the woman, you know. And, but it's it's not about it's not exactly that you have to do that, isn't it? So, so sometimes, but they need someone to talk to them about all these things. And I think the the that 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 door is never open. Like a lot of them don't have that. And so so that's where they make that mistakes, and and sadly, yeah, some of them are. So once they are diagnosed with it, then that's that's where,
0: yeah, things can be really difficult. Yeah, I can imagine like, uh, I, I can't imagine a lot of Asian parents wanting to talk to their kids about yeah. sex. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we use this word too much in this mm-hmm. podcast. I don't know whether that's sensitive. But well, anyway, like, also like, because I uh, volunteered at AWARE, right, Association mm-hmm. so for Women in Action and Research and then um, AWARE is very, I think, active trying to figure out how to do sex ed for youths. And then some of the uh I think offhand comments I've heard from the staff would be sometimes parents complain even when you teach about contraception mm. because they prefer you to teach total abstinence. But then my like my the aware colleague, the aware staff's um uh defence is like you gotta teach them basically Wait, how you're going to do it safely? Because if you don't teach and you say, "Oh, just don't do anything," then if they decide to do it, at least protect themselves. themselves you know, exactly. so it's ridiculous to just like keep them in the dark and then yeah. like they don't know anything. Exactly. Yeah. So even that yeah. is such a they always debate. have the mindset that um by educating them. the young,
1: especially at a younger age, you tell them, "Oh, how to use a condom," <laughs> and then they will use it loosely. <laughs> I'm like what? <laughs> but what statistically, I think in in a lot of countries where they start this start education at a very very young age, uh. you don't see that kind of no, no, results. Yeah, no, exactly. you don't see them like high. Uh, was that adolescent pregnancy rate like, or no, what? No, no, you don't. You don't get that. In fact, in fact that that. But that is how we interpret. You know, mindset, our yeah.
0: mindset of thinking by knowing it, you'll you do it. it. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that's no, a very no. so even even then like there's a debate. I I would think I don't know. I don't claim to know because I'm not very involved in MOE schools and stuff. But I would think that then sex ed is so difficult in the schools because of all these different opinions. You know, then if it doesn't come from parents, it doesn't come from school. school. Then where in the world are they gonna learn this? Social media? No, in real life when they <laughs> when they actually when they finally get yeah and stuff, yeah either yeah. they learn the hard way or the easy way whichever yeah. Which I think, yeah, it's mm-hmm. sad. I also like how you mentioned the other part about uh, the emotional needs. Because I think uh, I forgot that when I was thinking about it. The fact that if you know how to love mm-hmm. yourself and you don't need that kind of uh, affection or mm-hmm. you know certain actions from other people, then it really safeguards you from doing that in the first place. But then I would imagine a lot of youths and teens right now just... I I come on, when I was a teen I was probably really angsty, you know? <laughs> You just it, it's already such a vulnerable time for them that how how are they gonna learn that so that they can take care of themselves? Hmm.
1: Mm.
0: Wow, such deep questions you have no answers to. No answers to yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think the family background, the family um plays such an important role. I really feel that of the day. Um parents you might not have to have all the answers, yeah, mm. importantly is to teach them to to learn how to think for the best for themselves sometimes, yeah, like we talk about self-love, yeah, these are the things that um, they need to learn, they need to learn, it cannot be taught. Like how how do you teach them self love, <laughs> yeah? Teach them about um the importance the importance of um not 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 always thinking that you need to make others happy in order to make yourself happy, mm.
0: right? It yeah.
1: is about self yeah the way itself love.
0: It yeah. could also be just from family environment in a sense because if people come from families where the it's not a healthy family relationship at Probably, home and you're yeah. always asking for yeah. affection it comes out like, I guess, stable
1: uh, family yeah, like, I would say just based on the patients that I encountered, mm-hmm. usually the younger ones, I would say if I look into their background a little bit and sometimes it, it tells a little bit, you know
0: From separated families. Yeah, there there there's
1: some issues with their either they have their parents or there's something in their family. Yeah, there's something down there Mm -hmm. that doesn't seem to be yeah, doing so well and that's where they they kind of like fall off a little bit and they were a bit lost, they were a bit yeah. In struggling with something their life, and their upbringing, their relationship issues, their identity of themselves, and then things like that. So, so it all boils back to some underlying cause that has to got to do with partly family, family, family upbringing, their environment, yeah, and 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 the people, the adults that they are dealing with, yeah. <laughs> the community, yeah. Like how they dealt with, like they might have talked to someone who said something very mean to them, mm. and then they just felt like, oh, and be ostracized. Mm. This is how they look upon me, mm. you know. And 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 then they start to react in a different way. Mm. Yeah, they go further and further and further away. Yeah. yeah, so I think this is something that, yeah, which um we can all do something in our role. We yeah. we are the Sister, daughter, yeah, friends. We're all connected. We're all connected. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And yeah, and, and currently, right now, what I'm seeing myself is that I hope I can, my voice can, reach out a little bit out to the community as well, mm-hmm. because just by talking to my patients, yeah. I felt like oh, is that all I can do? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, yeah I realized that there is so much more. Like I shared with you earlier, there's so much more that should be done outside mm-hmm. of the hospital. We shouldn't be just sitting here and waiting for patients to come, right? And patients definitely coming. They are more and more and more and more. We are not seeing less. That means there's so much work out there that has not been done. They are doing it. They are doing a good but job. it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough or they are not reaching the right group of target audience. We are not touching them. Yeah, which is sadly because we can't be waiting and sitting there and waiting for them to come and ask us questions, you know. Yeah, we should we should sometimes just reach out to them.
0: Mm. Yeah. And when they ask the questions, like you said, when they reach the hospital it might already be too yeah,
1: late. Too late. To- yeah, and they have a lot of questions. <laughs> they have a lot of questions.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and
1: yeah. That's something that which I, I hope that uh, I can still do uh, mm-hmm. within my capacity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So um I guess let's end the podcast with <laughs> with uh I don't know whether you've put time to think about it, but what are like your future plans from where you are now to wherever that you know, you hope to I don't know, what do you want, what are, what do you see yourself doing in the near future? Um you said something about the humanitarian spirit never I mean it, it becomes part of you wherever you do, right? So where where does that go from now?
1: I would say it's it's just to continuing what I'm doing on top of that is to try and reach out more yeah it's just um I don't really know like what's next or where <laughs> I I simply just take sometimes I just <laughs> go with the flow and see what comes along mm. yeah um but I believe, yeah, if, if, you, if you truly have the heart to to serve and to do whatever cause that you want to do, yeah, then uh,
0: he will open up the way for you. Amin. Amin. Inshallah. Yeah. I hope one day you talk to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he should listen to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, that's when this podcast gets published, also, you know, so yeah. yeah. I, I'm also hoping, I guess, it's from true. you talking to you today, I will try my best to be more share more lah. I, I think as a person, just generally, I, I really just grew up not really sharing a lot of things. Mm.
1: Although, um, they, maybe, doesn't matter what they say, you know, sometimes, oh, that one of to yeah. really build my resilience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that, I think that is the thing. We, um, we have to first be willing to accept anything that comes from them. They can say anything, you just listen, you go, aha, aha, yeah, yeah, right mom, right. Exactly, <laughs> I get where you're coming from. Because, when oh. you listen to them, you have to listen from the mother's perspective. Yes, you can't listen from a daughter's perspective, right? Oh man! Exactly. So, <laughs> so you have to be in their shoes, like put your put your mind in their mind, right? And then yeah, just go yeah. like, okay, mm, I get it. This is what the mom would feel, yeah. right? Right? Like when I'm a mom, I will say the same thing. <laughs> I'll ask the same question. Valid. So <laughs> acknowledge their voice. Acknowledge what they are going through and what they feel. Mm. And then, later tell them, okay, now it's your turn <laughs> listen <laughs> to what I have to say. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, like, like a long first, journey. <laughs> it comes from them, mm-hmm. from you, yeah. to them. Yeah. And then, slowly, slowly, and then you start to share whenever the t- opportunity comes. Yeah. Let them hear you. Okay. Yeah. And I think they will slowly, hmm, they will understand. have sure. yeah.
0: Another thing that's popped in my head suddenly is, um, Uh, but I don't know I think it's up to whether you're comfortable to share but I would think that people listening want to know how you converted into Islam like was that before you went for the humanitarian trip or like somewhere in between Mm. or like I don't know when you came back (laughs) yeah well it was it was when I came back from my
1: last mission oh yeah in 2015 uh huh yeah so that that mission itself was, was I think it was quite impactful, mm. Yeah.
0: Just the Ebola mission. Yeah,
1: exactly. Mm. Because, um, like I said, you know, I went there, having this very f- strong feeling that I was there for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, hmm, somehow, why? Because I was just trying. And I was just asking them, hey, you know, do you guys need um Singaporean nurse to go? all the way there (laughs) to do this job i'm like because i was just thinking i don't think they need anyone from singapore right i mean Mm -hmm. they need people but there are so many people there and i'm so far Mm -hmm. you know and 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 so i was just wondering you know because but at that point in time i know the organization are very tight they are very tight because the outbreak has been stretching for so long and a lot of staff are very very stretched yeah so when they kept asking like they were just saying we need, we need people we need people I'm like you you need people and you need me I'm like but I have no experience with Ebola yeah, yeah. I totally nothing I'm like I, I have no experience whatsoever not even during sales time nothing and I said do you need someone like me and they were like yeah why not come and I was shocked when they said yes at that point I was like really I haven't really think clearly if I'm going yeah. <laughs> so 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 when I yeah they were like okay and then at that point, actually, I kind of hesitated for a moment. Like, am I really going? Mm. Yeah, there was a hesitation.
0: Well, usually you don't hesitate, yeah, right? Usually you just like, let's go, <laughs> let's go.
1: <laughs> but when they said yes, sure, why not? And mm. they actually gave me admission, and because I, I haven't quit my job mm. with AFA, yeah. so that, it was very funny. I just share you this moment mm. that I went there to my colleague, to my colleague. Guy friends and gay, I mean, sorry, Like no. <laughs> guy, gay, okay, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're colleagues, right? Yeah. So, so I just told them, I was just taking the lift, and then I was just telling them, guys, mm, I was thinking of going back on a the mission. Mm. They were like, uh huh, well, I think I need to quit this job. Mm. Like, okay. So I said, mm, then I shared with them this mission, and they were like, uh huh, and then like, uh, should I go? So I just I was I just throwing a question to them. Should I? Should I quit? Should I go? Or should I know? Should I just take it or not? And then one of my friends was like, Why don't you just toss a t- toss a coin? Toss okay? a coin. <laughs>
0: oh my <laughs> goodness! To decide, right? So yeah. okay,
1: so just toss a coin. I was like, Oh, it was such a stupid idea. Uh-huh. But I, i was like, Okay, why not? Let Let him decide. You know, yeah, it's yeah. so funny. And then, and then I tossed the first time, mm. and it was like, it was. Go. Oh. And I was like, oh, I must throw three times, right? (laughs) They I was like, okay. Then the second time I throw, it was go. Oh, And I was like, right till he was like, yeah, la, see? see? (laughs) He he asked you to go, la. Don't hesitate, (laughs) la. I was like, this cannot be true, right? I mean, this is so so weird, you know, the the kind of thing. I was like, okay, I don't believe. Let me throw the third time. Throw again. Guess what? Go. Go, la. Oh my
0: goodness. It was funny, right? Oh, wow. And I was
1: like, and that was it. Oh. Was like, it was like the it was like the answer, you know, to mm. me. Mm. And it was at that point and then I was like, Oh yeah, I think well there's nothing to think about, no. It's it's a sign that you have to go. And <laughs> so I just quit. Oh, and it was so funny. <laughs> and yeah.
0: It was yeah, and so
1: Yeah, where was I? What was I talking uh, you, about you this said to-
0: You you converted <laughs> after you came back from that trip.
1: Yeah, so so when I came back and and um Mm, it was just by chance that um, I get to know someone. Mm-hmm. And and from there I I questioned myself, Oh, I knew nothing about Islam. Yeah. Why not just go and find out about it? Mm-hmm. Just for the sake of knowing what is it about. Mm-hmm. And then at the point of time I was also working part time mm-hmm. and I knew of a guy who then tell me, Oh, because, uh, Daru! Mm. So he just thought, why don't you Daru just I learn at Daru Akam? Yeah. No, this is where converts. I never heard of Daru I come. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So I googled <laughs> uh-huh. and I went there and mm. I just signed up for a basic course. Mm. And that's it. Things just flow from there. Mm. And after the basic course, then subsequently, I felt, I think after three or four months, mm. so, some, so somewhere along that line. Yeah. And I felt that, yeah, this religion... The feeling is, um, it's something that, it didn't seem um, something strange to me. It seems like it was there already, you know. It feels very comfortable. Yeah, like I always knew. Like "Eh?" (laughs) Like when I heard the the start teaching, I'm like, hmm, yeah, it doesn't sound strange. (laughs) It sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it just flowed in. It just went in very comfortably. And I felt that I was ready. So then I decided to go on yeah in twenty seventeen. February twenty
0: seventeen. Now oh, it's two two years. Two years yeah. six months. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I convert.
0: Wow. So yeah.
1: alhamdulillah. I was uh, till now I'm very grateful uh, for her being where I am for and, and and after I convert, right? It was strangely that I look back upon my life, upon all my experience. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, oh, I think he was there all the while. Yeah. <laughs> it was very strange. Like like actually when I look I, I saw some of my pictures that I took. Uh like I went back to my Google picture right? yeah. uh, way back in twenty fifteen <laughs> and stuff. I saw I saw like a verse of Quranic verse or somewhere, something about Islamic. And I was like, I didn't remember what reading this. Huh. Like someone must have sent me this or I must have transferred upon this reading that makes a lot of sense and I have like mm. saved this picture you know I mean like some verses that seriously it's is, 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 is Islamic oh. and I was like ooh this is strange yeah. this is very strange yeah, yeah. But that means all these things and words have been like coming to me mm. yeah that but I didn't knew. I didn't knew that mm. yeah it was very strange mm.
0: do you remember what verse it was? no I can't or recall but I saw a few Oh, so no, there was
1: a few. Yeah, a few. A few verses. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And it was dated 2015, you so like It has to be 2015, right? And yeah. like, I, downloaded, I downloaded this or so I like, did, did a screenshot of it. Yeah, It was just amazing.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And when I... And it was funny. And, and after I convert, I met a few of my Muslim friends. Mm. And I remember one guy mm. who saw me. In a moss. Mm. I have not kept in touch with him for so long. And when he first saw me, he was... Shocked. He said something to me, and I got
0: shocked. What did he say? He said he knew it all along. <gasps>
1: oh, oh like,
0: <laughs> like, why? Why did he say strange. that? Yeah,
1: he said that, you know what, li Back then, I was known as Y. yeah. And yeah. he like, when I saw you, I do you remember I said this to you last time? I said, I said something like, I kind of felt, knew that you will convert and be a Muslim. You'll be a Muslim one day. Mm. I just, I was like, ooh. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't recall that. And he said, yeah, I remember that I, I had this feeling that you will convert to Islam one day. Because, he said, because I was a, I was a seeker.
0: That seeker? Was, yeah, I was a Whoa. seeker.
1: He said because he knew I was a seeker.
0: Oh, that's nice. That was
1: something that I just felt more strange yeah. when I heard it, Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think there was a lot of people along the way who probably have brought me to where I am today. Yeah. Even my parents, I think, you know, like, they are not, they are not, they are Chinese, they are the typical Chinese, you know, family. Then and, and they are from the Buddhist kind of culture. They are not practicing type, but more of the, just in terms of the culture aspect, I think but the way, the values and some of the things that they taught me since young mm. Mm. Like, like just respectful like doing nice being nice to people and mm. being charitable and things like that you know mm. and then these are some of the things that they do and I think I've been watching right I mean you you, you, you learn what you see right? mm-hmm. especially in your parents yeah. so I think they they have they have crafted that part of me you know do you think so? Mm. Like I you, think so too. That you see yourself
0: yeah, about lot yeah, what, yeah. what you saw whenever, in your parents. Whenever we argue, I'm like, come on. It's because is... you're like that. That's why I'm like this. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and even like the humanitarian spirit that I have, I sincerely believe it's from the way I... S- they they have that spirit. It's just in different channels. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So
1: this is it's the same thing. When my mom now tells me, don't go Africa anymore lah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why? Why did she say that? Now? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, She said enough, lah. I think you have done enough for the African people. Uh, now well, you don't need to go anymore. I said yeah, la. I Don't say, go Africa, lah. Go no elsewhere. Right? La. I said yeah, no need, no need Africa. But so I can go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: yeah. said, but
1: yeah, they, 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 it's, 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 it's interesting because then, yeah, I, I do feel that it comes somewhere from the family. Yeah, how, how I was being brought up. Yeah, it didn't just pop out of nowhere. Pop out of nowhere. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So all these are uh, yeah. So the good ones, are uh, The good mm. things are from your parents, uh, <laughs> The bad ones are ourselves, lah. Uh. Let's put it Ay. that way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Chum, uh. Yeah. So mm. I think, um, thank you so much for sharing. I've I've never heard that story, <laughs> so it's so nice that you you said it. Um, and I think just like how you said. You felt like Islam was inside you all along, and it, I feel like there's a nice parallel. I don't know why you noticed it. Um, the humanitarian spirit is always there, and that Islam is always there, and like we just, it just comes and manifests in different ways. And
1: I think you're talking about this. It's the same thing, right? Are we talking not about uh, the same thing? Islam.
0: I think, cause I I never actually set out the podcast to talk about your conversion. It just. Mm. But then like When you were mentioning Like The humanitarian spirit Is always there Even if you are Overseas and locally Then we started talking About your conversion And how you said Actually it's actually Very familiar And Normal inside of you I just saw that That similarity I don't know what to make Of it right now It's just there (laughs) Ding (laughs) Yeah But then I guess to go back to I suppose uh, Okay I suppose you can
1: Look upon Every Okay, I I will look upon every human being. Yeah. Um, we all have that part in us mm. that we want to. We want to be, we want to help people. We care about people,
0: right? Mm. That's why it's called humanitarian. Human, human
1: yeah. <laughs> humanitarian is one thing, yeah. and I think it's in every human being. Like when we see or when we hear another person mm. far away. In pain, suffering, it's naturally that we will feel the pain. Somehow, although we are not related, right, just by looking at a picture, you go, "Oh, you know," like you felt something. This is human, right? This is in us. Is it? What's the word in? I don't know. What? Fitra. Fitra. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. So yeah. then, if you talk about Islam, this yeah. is actually what we are taught as well. Yeah, it is. It is. Definitely. It's the core.
0: Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: So I think, are we not talking about the same thing? Yeah, we, we are yeah. talking about human. We are actually talking about what the religion. And, and the religion tells that we, we, we whatever we do here, it's not just about our own individual.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Yes, we are here to satisfy our role. Yes. I mean, it's supposed to satisfy that
0: yeah yeah worship blah, blah, blah. But I I mean, I yeah, yeah but even know? the worship part like your it's, actions are all worship and as well. be, it's
1: for it's for bigger picture it's not yes. just to satisfy yourself mm-hmm. you're not there just to pray and fast and be a good muslim that is not just that yeah is not exactly good. to be a good good, good muslim is not it's beyond that yeah. you have to see beyond you have to go out and do something beyond yourself Right? Yeah, you go you're very good at fasting, you're very good at prayers, you're very good <laughs> at everything. Wow, you, you do everything. But that's bah, always yeah. that but then what, what else? So I think that part is something which yeah, the religion is always asking us. Allah Allah give us this role here. It's not just to be this eh, but but to do more, to serve him and to serve the people around us. So I, I see that the similarity in terms of what humanitarian role is. That's why I think it's it's the same
0: Yeah It is Oh man I want my parents To listen to this podcast. <laughs> but I think oh. that <laughs> Oh you're gonna bring in this This No uh, that This That, that I'm just doing keeps it. I mean I don't know Yeah snagging we are the back doing of my it f- Not for ourselves Exactly yes That's what I want to tell okay, All you the down. time <laughs> No I do But the thing is uh, Okay never mind. But then that aside I think yeah, it's that It's not
1: about us It's yeah, not about it's me not. It's not about me Going there Doing this for me For yeah, them Yeah yeah this role that, that I'm trying to, yeah, I'm doing it for bigger, more, bigger, bigger purpose. Yeah. That I think that it's in everybody. It's in everybody. It's,
0: not it's just, I guess, where our role is. Yeah. And how exactly. we manifest that. Exactly. And I just feel like, I don't know, I, I would say, although I've come across very ambitious to a lot of people, but I sincerely believe that if I died and I never tried to do that, all the way for me for me i think just growing up hearing stories about different places in disaster it makes me want to just do all i can for that and if i died and i never tried all the way i would regret it because i would not know how to talk to Allah and say hi Allah i don't know i just want to meet Allah and say i did everything i possibly could Mm -hmm. to to be the best human being possible yeah, so. that he
1: wants you to be yes. I think I think it's it's not so much yeah I think it's to look upon it as he want us to do it yes and he he also want us to learn throughout the experience that of course a lot of things it's not you la. Yeah. It's not about you yes, la yes. They will fight the war with you or without you. Yes. People will starve or die. Yes. With you or without you. Exactly. Yes. You know, this is the reality that we, we also learn when we are there, you know. We we start to see the real the reality and start to see and knowing where we are, who we are. I think that that, that is the, the learning for me when I go on such work. Yeah. It's to understand my limitation as well. Yeah, when I come back. But at mm-hmm. least I try. Yes. And that's what Allah wants to see. Yes. He wants to see do you try and do something? Or you just sit there and say It not right. me.
0: Right. Allah will do it.
1: Right. <laughs> it's Allah's job. No, yeah, it's not yeah. true, sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, that's that's something that sometimes I just feel it's easy it's easy to justify a lot of things why we are not doing it. It's easy. It's easy to say that. You know, it's like Oh yeah, I heard that also,
0: my friend. Don't be
1: so ambitious lah. Oh, There's
0: not ambition, yo. Is it ambitious? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's just far-fetched for a lot of people. Oh. So I think that that just wraps up the podcast nicely in a sense because the title was Aid Without Borders. And I feel like the topic of humanitarian just sounds very far-fetched to Singaporeans because it doesn't feel possible, it doesn't feel connected. But um, with talking to you today, I hope all of us take away the idea that it's all in us. The humanitarian spirit, fitra, our faith, and that Allah wants us to do the absolute very best that we can. And inshallah, I mean there will be borders, but inshallah we will see that
1: we are the one who create the borders. Oh, <gasps> whoa! Deep. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> so okay. <deep>. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. But that makes
0: I sense. Mean, I mean, yes. there are people
1: who have no legs, but they are doing more than us. They are going out, and they are. I mean, there are people who can't see, and they are still serving a lot of what they. So, so who set the borders?
0: Yeah. I That's It's
1: still humans. It's I think it's all in <laughs> us and our mind oh. that we need to think. Really, you know, when we say, "No, I don't think I can." Oh I shouldn't then we have to jump on the other side and say, but why, yeah, is it true <laughs> that's, <laughs> I, that's how I always like you yeah. know try and play that kind of two roles, you know like there's two side two two angels and two they yes, play the yes. voice in you right, so you try and like uh, yeah, yeah, andizing if
0: we trust our fitra and we trust our inner self and we trust Allah, um there will be. No borders inshallah. Okay, so um, do you have any last things to say before we end the podcast? Oh my god, how long do we run?
1: <gasps> oh okay. But I'm it's very grateful. I mean thankful for the this session. I think um I believe we all have our own personal life experience. Of course, uh, this is my experience and you have your own. Journey and your own struggles <laughs> or challenge. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But um, it's yours. Yeah. And um, you never know how how things will turn out. Yeah. But uh, as long as we we continue to believe in what we do, yeah. Don't limit yourself. Um, believe that um, there is a lot more out there. Yeah. As long as you don't you don't stop trying. I believe in that as well. I
0: mean. <laughs> Alright, so we'll end the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you, you so much, Yasmin, for coming down to talk, talk to us. Talk to me. Thank you so much we'll for inviting talk me. Yeah, and then yeah. I guess for all our listeners, I hope you took out nice things from this podcast. Um, if you have uh, any further questions, you can direct it to a good one. you will somehow get to us hopefully. So that was Yasmin and I'm Hanisa. Uh, and also look out for more of our volume podcast episodes, inshallah. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Uh, peace be upon all of you. Salam alaikum. Barakatuhu. Wa alaikum salam. <laughs> yeah. And-